Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Ohio State fans. Uh, Patrick Murphy here with Dave Biddle. We're from Bucknuts and 247 Sports. We're going to be talking about Ohio State's win tonight at Rutgers. The Buckeyes come away 52-13 victors. Second Big Ten game of the year, 2-0. Both games on the road to start the Big Ten play. Dave, let's start with with, with that. Um, Ohio State came to the year, obviously got that road win at Minnesota. We had some questions after that game, but they go back, they lose to Oregon, then they come back with two games that were wins. I don't know how much you took from either of those, given it was Tulsa and Akron. Tonight they come out against an Akron team on the road, a team they were only favored by 15 against, and, and get a pretty big win, pretty convincing. What were your major takeaways, and, and how maybe do you feel different about this team after seeing today's game than maybe you did after the last two games? Yeah, this was a statement win for Ohio State, Patrick. I mean, you can't take anything away from the Akron game. They're one of the worst teams in the nation. Even Tulsa, they're not a terrible team, but, I mean, Ohio State did not play well. I mean, that was a seven-point game in the fourth quarter with Tulsa having the ball. I mean, today's game, the Buckeyes favored by 15, and they just took it to Rutgers. I mean, this game was 24 to nothing uh, with three minutes left in the first quarter. Ohio State absolutely dominated on both sides of the ball. Very encouraging. Is Rutgers a great team? No, you know, are all of Ohio State's problems solved? No, but Rutgers is a solid team. And I don't think a lot of people saw a 52-13 to beatdown coming. I didn't. I thought Ohio State would barely cover the spread. I had them winning by about 15, 16 points in this one. Um, And, you know, they took a two and won by 39. It could have been a lot worse than that. It was 45-6 to at halftime. And, you know, they were quadrupling Rutgers yardage. If Ryan Day doesn't take his foot off the gas, and rightfully so, you want to keep your guys healthy. And I know him and Greg Schiano are still friends, too. You're not going to embarrass Greg Schiano unless you want to, which he didn't want to. I mean, that's another thing. The final score looks great. It could have been a lot worse. So this was a statement win for Ohio State. Big Ten, around the Big Ten, they were probably thinking, Patrick, this is the year where Ohio State is ripe for the taking. Think again. Again, Ohio State still, the jury is still out. But this was a massive step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, Rutgers fans, you could feel it around the stadium today, in the stands, the student section. There was a sense that this was a chance for Rutgers to to beat Ohio State or at least keep it a lot closer than it's been in recent games. I was walking through the concourse at halftime and heard a Rutgers fan talking to an Ohio State fan that, you know, one day we're going to beat the you-know-what out of Ohio as a lot of teams in the Big Ten have adopted. Uh, that was not today. So let's get into some of the stuff. We'll start with C.J. Stroud. Obviously, the first three weeks were some good, some bad. You and I have talked about this a lot. He then took last week off. We know about the shoulder. He came out today and I think looked like the quarterback that we heard about all offseason, that Ohio State recruited 
His numbers finished 17 of 23 for 330 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, there was still some still some things to clean up, and Ryan Day and C.J. Stroud admitted as much. C.J. Stroud said he felt a lot better after taking that week off with the shoulder. He felt like he could really step into throws. He didn't feel like his arm was going to fall off. So that shows you kind of how much pain he was in. We saw him run a couple times. The most impressive throw to me, Dave, was the touchdown to Jeremy Rucker when he took a hit, hung in the pocket, took that hit, delivered the, the throw exactly where it needed to be. And, you know, that showed me he's he's not favoring that shoulder, even though that wasn't the side he got hit on. Uh, what did you make of C.J. Stroud's performance today? And, and how do you kind of project him going forward now knowing he's a little bit healthier? I thought it was a stellar performance, Patrick. I mean, you look at his completion percentage, his lack of mistakes, um, everything that he did. And Rutgers, they're solid on both sides of the ball, but they're definitely a better defensive team than an offensive team. Maybe that you couldn't wow. tell tonight, but they, they certainly are. And, uh, you know, and Stroud tore them up. And you mentioned, I mean, I agree with the most impressive pass. It's one thing if, you know, you're a quarterback and you throw the ball and you get hit and you take the hit, and but you didn't know the hit was coming. When you know that hit is coming, he knew that guy was coming right at him. He knew he was going to get drilled. And, man, he got drilled. He stepped right in there, threw that dart to Rucker, like you said, for the touchdown. That was so impressive. I was also impressed he showed a willingness to run. There was a 13-yard run that he had. There was another time that he ran that was effective. He doesn't need to be Braxton Miller or even Justin Fields out there or Terrell Pryor. Um, he just needs to be a threat in the running game so defenses can't completely key on the running back. And if they do, then he's going to take off for 13 yards. And then that just puts that in their mind. Not only do you get the first down, which is huge there, then that puts them that in their mind that if that fake is there, there's a chance he might keep it, and he's effective when he does it. So a couple of those per game that are effective are huge. Um, but the biggest thing was how pinpoint he was passing the ball. Uh, he played tremendously, and we have to remember this is a redshirt freshman making his fourth start. Uh, this is not a finished product. He's going to get better and better and better. Again, Rutgers, not a juggernaut, but they are a good defense and he tore them up. I mean, this is – you know what? The biggest thing I took away from tonight was – and we'll get to the defense in a minute. But um, the biggest thing overall that I took away, this is how Ohio State is supposed to look. This is how we thought they would look. That's the biggest takeaway from tonight. I mean, Rutgers, again, I keep coming back to this, not a great team, but they are a good team. You beat them by 39 in their house, and it could have been a lot worse than that. That's a statement win. This is how Ohio State should look with all this talent. I agree. And even last year we saw, you know, Ohio State got a big on Rutgers at home. Greg Schiano's team was able to battle back a little bit and make that game closer. Um, Sue said on, on the comments, best throw to me was to Alave where he scrambled out of the pocket. That's another one I think we should highlight. It showed his ability to throw on the run, that, that touchdown right before the half to Chris Alave. Um, great play by Alave to get open when he saw his quarterback scrambling. Obviously he had to do that a lot for Justin Fields, but I, another good throw and a good point there. Um, I want to touch on on the running game real quick. Not a ton to take from it, uh, but Travion Henderson obviously doesn't come back in the second half after he left in the second quarter. Uh, Ryan Day said after the game that it was his decision that Travion was ready to come back in in the second half, but he held him out. Travion Henderson still leads the team in rushing yards with 71 and a touchdown. Obviously, when C.J. Stroud's throwing like he is, you don't need to run a ton. And then the Buckeyes took their foot off the gas. Um, knowing, knowing Trayvon Henderson is going to be fine. That's a good thing. But once again, you know, in the, the eight carries he had looks like a star. Uh, I don't know how much more we can talk about Trayvon Henderson, what else there is to say, but I feel like we need to bring him up every week. Yeah, we should. And I'm glad you did. I mean, he, he is a superstar. I keep saying this and I don't say this lightly given the litany of running backs, the tradition of running backs that have come through Ohio state. I think we're going to look back on him as one of the best to come through here. Not the best, 
necessarily. We'll see. Uh, even the fact that I'm even saying that's crazy. I think we're going to look back on him as one of the best running backs to come out of Ohio State, and that is insane when you think about all of the not good but great running backs that have played for Ohio State. And the biggest news tonight, not only how great he looked as usual, but that sounds like the injury is not serious as you mentioned Patrick Ryan Day says it's not serious you can see him over there lobbying Tony Alford like come on let me in let me in come on let me in let me in let me it's like just just come on just settle down we're winning by 500 points and we really really like you just calm down we want to keep you healthy for the rest of the season so um yeah I could not be higher on Travion Henderson the funny thing about that was I thought I, I maybe was putting too much on him entering the season saying that he was going to be either the best or the second best running back on this team he's exceeded my expectations even though he was the number one running back in the country coming in um great news that uh you know he was able to rest in the second half and that it's not a serious injury he looks great give this offensive line a lot of credit too they're opening up holes for all the guys i thought they played really well overall but travion henderson's special there's no doubt about it he is special and uh good to know that the injury is not serious yeah i figured it wasn't serious he came out of the tent after they were looking at him tony alfred came over to you know probably check on him i imagine you could just see them having a conversation and you know they start laughing and tony alfred gives him a shove you know friendly shove but if, if he's hurt, if he's dealing with anything, I don't Probably think. Not him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before we flip over to the defense, I think we have to talk about Chris Olave. The last two weeks, he only had, I think, two catches for 20 or 12 yards and a touchdown. Tonight he comes out and uh, six or yeah, five catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns. He tied Chris Carter for third all time in Ohio State receiving touchdowns. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about the other guys these past couple weeks, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Chris Olave uh, proves again that he's still in this conversation for one of the best wide receivers in the country. And when C.J. Stroud's able to throw the ball around like he was tonight, he may be the best wide receiver in the country. Yeah, and I think this is the best wide receiving core to ever come through Ohio State. When you look at Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, just those three alone, I mean – just those three. I mean, just, I mean, they could have scrubs behind them, and it could be the best that have come through here. Those that top three is amazing. They're so good, so great that like Emeka Ekbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. Even as true freshmen, usually getting a lot of playing time, they can't even really see the field uh, to get meaningful snaps because those other three guys are so great. You know what I love though? I mean, they're they're technicians. They they're they run such great routes. Ohio State's wide receivers do. They catch the ball so well. Um, and then they look like running backs after they catch the ball. They they are great with yards after the catch. So they they have it's off the charts, and they're fast. I mean, they're all extremely fast and quick, run great routes, catch the ball well, and then after they do that, now they're getting yards after the catch, where it looks like, oh, he's going to get like five yards here and get knocked out of bounds. The guy's got the angle on him. No, touchdown. Or, oh, he's got a couple guys there. He's not going to be able to juke both of them. Jukes both of them for a touchdown. So – can't be more impressed with the top three wide receivers on Ohio State's team. And I have no doubt Egbuka and Harrison Jr. are future stars, and they can't really see the field much right now. So uh, can't say enough nice things about this offense. It was also good to see the tight ends get involved today. Ruckert, uh, G. Scott, uh, even Rossi got a touchdown in there, kind of that fullback hybrid tight end uh, or fullback, yeah, fullback uh, tight end uh, hybrid. And, um, you know, this offense, I thought coming into the year was going to set school records sputtered a little bit although they weren't the reason that they lost the Oregon game that was on the defense this offense is now completely rounding into form as is the defense yeah and right before we do that you know some interesting plays on the offense that we hadn't really seen you mentioned that Mitch Rossi touchdown fullback coming out of the backfield I don't know the last time we saw fullbacks being a part of this Ohio State offense in a real way um an end around too with uh Garrett Wilson looked like 
I tweeted this. Looks like something my Rams run, uh, you know, with, with the wide receiver, quarterback under center. So some interesting things that Ryan Day showed today to kind of keep uh, opposing defenses on their toes. But, yes, Dave, let's jump over to the defensive side. In the end, Rutgers puts up 346 yards. A lot of that came in junk time. You mentioned the, the halftime discrepancy between Ohio State's offense. I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this defense is they're finding the guys that fit what they want to do. And I think early in the year, and we touched on it before, playing too many guys. And I just don't think they knew who was the guy yet at certain positions. Now you're starting to see guys settle into roles, make plays. Uh, Ryan Day even said tonight that uh, you know he feels like guys were trying to figure out where to be on the field. Young guys, a lot of them on defense. Now they're confident that they can make plays. You saw the pick six from Denzel Burke. Uh, a few other big plays, Tyleek Williams, Cameron Martinez, guys like this. I'm not saying this defense is fixed. I know you said that earlier, but I do think we're starting to see this team play more like silver bullet football. Don't you agree? For sure. I mean, I, that's exactly what's going to be my point. I was going to say I, I concur with your point that we're now seeing more guys that should be playing more play more. You know, I know that a lot of them are really, really young guys. And I don't think, you know, I think when some when some fans say, oh, these coaches are afraid to play young guys, I don't think that's true. I mean, Denzel Burke was starting from day one, um, maybe by necessity, but still. I mean, uh, they've proven before that they'll, they'll play young guys, and um, but we're seeing more and more of those young guys take on big roles. Ronnie Hickman's played a big role from the get this year. He's playing an even bigger role. I mean, this guy's going to be probably first team all Big Ten before it's all said and done, Ronnie Hickman. Um, Denzel Burke with the pick six. We're seeing more of those young defensive linemen play more and more and more. Tyleek Williams didn't play as early as I thought he would, but, you know, he came on late, played great. JTT keeps playing more. Jack Sawyer keeps playing more. Um, I love these young guys, Cam Martinez. Um, so I do think that they're doing a better job of getting the guys who should be playing in there, you know, getting them enough snaps and not just playing like the older guys who maybe they thought coming into the season um, you know, would be playing. So personnel is a big reason why I think the defense is moving in the right direction. The other thing is – they just look like an Ohio State defense, as you mentioned. They look like a silver bullet defense. Why? Because they're aggressive. They're taking the fight to the offense, not the other way around. They did not look like an Ohio State defense the first few weeks. And even the first week when Matt Barnes was calling the defense against Tulsa, Tulsa put up 500 yards of offense. People forget. That was not Kerry Combs' last week of calling the defense. That was Matt Barnes' first. Then they looked good against Akron. But it was Akron, not just one of the worst teams in the MAC, one of the worst teams in college football, period. Um, but Rutgers, while not a great offense, that was an impressive showing tonight by Ohio State's defense. They looked like an Ohio State defense. They were aggressive. They brought the fight to Rutgers. Um, a lot like they did against Akron, but again, I didn't take much away from the Akron game because it was Akron. Tonight, again, even though Rutgers is not going to be confused with an offensive juggernaut, this is how an Ohio State defense is supposed to look. Fast, aggressive, taking the fight to the offense. I think Ohio State fans, yes, the jury is still out on this defense, but I like the tweaks I'm seeing from Matt Barnes. I like the personnel, the certain guys that are playing more, as Patrick said, that should be playing more. And I just like the fact that they are just playing with their hair on fire. There's going to be some mistakes. They gave, they gave that 75-yard touchdown, but they're not giving up three or four of those. If you give up one of those, fine. That's, that's, the, that's part of being an aggressive defense. I like what I'm seeing out of this defense, and they're just going to get better. Matt Barnes is going to get better, but more importantly, with so many true freshmen and redshirt freshmen and sophomores playing, the personnel is going to get better and better and better as they get more reps. Agreed. And, and you're, you said it. We're going to see them take on more difficult offenses as the season goes on. A couple questions here while we're talking defense. Why isn't Williams starting? I assume you mean Tyleek Williams. I think there's just depth at defensive tackle. Haskell Garrett was a preseason All-American. 
Antoine Jackson's played well. Teron Vincent's played well. Um, you know, the defensive tackles are, are really the, the heart of the defensive line right now in terms of the production. Uh, so I think there's just, you know, there's a good rotation. Uh, Neil Harris asked about sacks. I do think we need to see more of that. We saw nine last week, which is a huge number against Akron. But that needs to go up as, as they play these better offenses. But speaking of better offenses, Dave, looking around the conference, looking around really the country right now, um, you know, I think it's a weird year in college football where, you know, maybe Alabama's elite and, and Georgia's defense looks really, really good. But I don't know if there's a, there's a few teams that are for sure surefire teams that are going to walk into the playoff. You know, we saw Notre Dame lose today. Oregon lost today. Cincinnati looks good, but, you know, we'll see what the Bearcats are as they continue through the season. And, and if Oklahoma they're really struggled. Oklahoma yeah. struggled. Yep. So where do you kind of put Ohio State? Maybe not in rankings, because I still think it's still early enough that we don't need to do that. But we talked a few weeks ago and you were saying that you, you just didn't see this Ohio State team as, as a playoff team necessarily, unless they got a lot better. We're a few weeks bet down the road. I don't know if we need to talk playoff, but just kind of where do you put this team in the, the grand picture of things? You've seen more teams play. You've seen Ohio State do some more. I really feel like, especially given some things that have happened tonight, I really feel like now Oregon needs to lose one more game if there's a really good chance that they will lose one more. I mean, Stanford's not that good, and they got beat by Stanford. So Oregon needs to lose one more game. But I'm now convinced the Big Ten champion will go to the playoff. I really am, whether it's Iowa or, or Ohio State. I should say if it's one of those two teams, I'm convinced it will. Because if it's Ohio State at 12-1, and one, they will have theoretically beaten, you know, and their one loss will be against a decent Oregon team at home second week of the season by seven points. They will have beaten a Penn State team that's ranked high. They will have beaten a Michigan team that is surprisingly ranked high. Michigan looked good today again after not looking that good against Rutgers last week. Um, and then they would theoretically beat a top-five Iowa team in the Big Ten championship game. 12 and 1 Ohio State, I think, would get in. Certainly, I think Iowa would get in as Big Ten champs. So now I think the Big Ten champion will get in, presuming Ohio State runs the table from here or Iowa runs the table from here. Um, I think there's going to be two SEC teams get in. I think Alabama and Georgia will get in, um, presuming that those two play in the SEC championship game and whoever loses that game would get in and they would be undefeated in that scenario. Oregon can still get in, but they have to run the table from here. Even if they win the Pac-12 and they lose another game, I don't think two-loss Oregon's getting in. I really don't. Uh, it's still kind of a small sample size. We've never seen a two-loss team get in the college football playoff. Again, it hasn't been going on for 30 years. It's been going on for seven. But I don't think we're going to see a two-loss team get in. I think Clemson's already out. I think the ACC has already been eliminated. Oklahoma needs to run the table. I think a one-loss Oklahoma does not get in. They're not looking good at all. Uh, you know, Almost lost to West Virginia, who's not very good. Again, they struggled today against Kansas State. I tend to think Oklahoma is going to lose a game along the way. So I'm now pretty convinced that Ohio State can get in the playoffs, Patrick. Am I convinced that they could beat Alabama or Georgia? Not at all. No, I'm not. But I think I'd rather have that, though. I'd rather at least have a shot at the title than go to the Citrus Bowl or something or go to one of the New York six, New York or uh, New Year's Six Bowls. So give me the shot at the title. Listen, if they beat Michigan again, the Buckeyes win the Big Ten title, house money from there. So – I think they can do it. I think either Ohio State or Iowa is going to be Big Ten champs, and I think whoever is Big Ten champs will get in the playoff. Yeah, and, and let's give Cincinnati some props. Uh, a big day yeah, for Ohio. And, I should have mentioned them too, yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, if they keep going, I mean. You know, right. They'll get in. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. Um, we're going to wrap it up here. We've got stuff already on the site. Steve Hellwagon's got the recap up. We've got Ryan Day's post-game press conference up there if you want to take a look at that. Dave's what we learned for our VIP members. We'll have plenty more 
throughout the night and throughout the rest of the weekend. So thank you guys for tuning in. Dave, thank you for taking time to join me here. Um, you know, once again, the Buckeyes, 52-13. These guys left. You know, we just got done talking to them. They left feeling pretty good today. You know, not overconfident, but you could tell they were happier than these last few weeks. So it's a good day to be a Buckeye. Thanks again, Dave. Thanks again for all of you guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. We'll have plenty of coverage this week. Maryland homecoming next week. So a fun week ahead. Thanks again. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.